Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, good afternoon, and depending where you are, good evening. I'm Ron Aaron, your co-host for WellMed Radio, along with our other co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. Dr. Charles is a doctor of osteopathy, a WellMed physician. You find her at the Ingram Clinic in San Antonio, Texas. And Dr. Charles, it's great to see you. It's so good to see you too, Ron. How was your weekend? It was great. Um, well, it was busy. I did a, a weekend shift here at the clinic, which I don't ah. do very often, but so I was working the whole weekend pretty much. And how are the numbers on uh, patients with COVID-19? We are seeing it go down. We are seeing a decrease in the volume of patients. It's still not at zero. I still had a couple of patients that tested positive this weekend, but um, we are definitely seeing um, a decrease in the hospitalizations, I think, as a result of the vaccinations. Now, one of the issues that we're going to take up today is the question of kidney disease, kidney disorders. And we're joined by Dr. Magid Saman, who is a well-med physician at Deltona, Florida, and we're delighted to have you with us. Dr. Saman, nice to see you. Glad to have you and to see you, and nice to see you both. Well, thank you very much. Uh, give us the uh, 411 on kidneys. What do they do? Why do we have them? And what goes wrong? Yeah, I, I love to talk. We Sometimes patients know about their heart. They know about their lungs. Sometimes they know more about uh, their livers. But sometimes people does not know anything about their kidneys. That's why I chose the topics to talk about. It's important for us to know the kidney health and the, what affect the kidney and the risk factors. So usually we have a lot of factors that can contribute. And, and before I know, talk about the factors, I would love to tell everybody about how the kidney function. The kidney usually uh, filter more than 200 liters every day takes all the waste out and goes into a urine and the rest of the blood gets cleaned and goes back to our body. So it's very vital function for our kidney to make sure it's working nice and good in good condition. So it's important for us to know to take care of our kidneys. And it has it's like the, a giant yeah. filter in a pool. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Everything goes to the kidney and filters. And so it's a lot of like throughout the day, it's about 200 liters a day. So wow. it's an important for us to clear all the waste, what we have in our, and the toxins goes out as in the urine and the rest filters go up to our, our, uh, into our blood. So the, now, I know uh, one of the relationships yeah. between kidneys uh, is heart and heart disease. How are they connected? Definitely. When there is a kidney function, there is a lot of fluid overload and the, the kidney does not secrete most of the fluid out and that's overload on the ki- in the heart and causes a congestive heart failure. And most of the time we have to use a, a fluid tablets to make people lose the, the overload fluid so they don't accumulate that too much in their system. It would be a diuretic. Diuretics. That's correct. So what can go wrong with a kidney and how does that affect us? The kidneys, it's, it's, it's very important. First, we have to understand how, what is the main function of the kidney more than just take the toxins and the waste out. So it's mostly it balances the minerals and the fluids in our body. It takes what the body needs and gets rid of what the body does not need. And also it 
controls the blood pressure. Blood pressure can cause kidney disease, and kidney disease can cause blood pressure. It's a back and forth relation between both. And also, it is important for our kidneys that it keeps a good, nice, healthy bones. It, it's important for our bones, and instead of people get bone dystrophy and get osteoporosis. And also, it regulates a lot of hormones, and it helps to make the blood cells. That's a lot of people sometimes they have anemia of a chronic kidney disease. So the kidneys, it, it, they, they do a good, important role in our body in regarding our anemia, our bone health, our balance of fluids and the minerals. So it's a lot of good functions. So that's why I choose the topics to talk about to make sure we take care of our kidneys. Okay, so I know one of the most common um, conditions that that we'll talk about regarding the kidney function is chronic kidney disease, which you know has several stages. Can you talk a little bit about chronic kidney disease? Definitely, a chronic kidney disease. It's a stages. Usually, the most common leading cause of the chronic kidney disease in the country is diabetes. The second is hypertension. So a lot of people be with diabetes, hypertension we like to make sure we handle those very well with them because if it's uncontrolled diabetes, if it's uncontrolled blood pressure, then those will damage the kidney tissues and we develop the chronic kidney disease. It is stages from stage one, two, three, four, and the renal failure. So the mostly we look at certain lab work and uh, we do those lab work in the routine, especially in high-risk patients or mostly the patient with diabetes and hypertension. It's a standard protocol. We always look at the creatinine, and we also do the filtration rate, the GFR. And according to the GFR, yeah, go ahead. Let me jump in for uh, those who may have just joined us and want you to know you're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, and our special guest today is Dr. Maggot Saman. He's a physician with WellMed at Deltona, Florida, the uh, Daytona, Florida Clinic, and we're talking about kidneys and kidney disease, and uh, we just got onto the topic of chronic kidney failure. I've got a very good friend uh, uh, who has been posting on Facebook that he's now facing kidney failure and may have to undergo dialysis, uh, which is external ways to clean the blood. Uh, not a good thing to happen. And you were talking, Dr. Salon, about kidney failure. Let me let you pick it up. Yeah. So we go, we follow the patients with the hypertension and diabetes and other diseases that cause renal failure. We usually, what we love to do is to prevent people to reach the renal failure. It's an important for everybody to follow up with their physicians and make sure they take care of their health and be healthy and exercise and eat right and drink the right amount of fluids and don't take a lot of over-the-counter anti-inflammatories. It's a lot of things to take care of the kidney before it reaches renal failure. We we don't Um, like people to reach that stage. Absolutely. I just, I wanted to take a second to talk one more, just briefly about the, the stages of renal disease, because I had a patient recently that came in and she was just petrified because she thought that her kidneys were functioning at 3%. She's like, I'm I think I'm almost done. My kidneys must be about to give out. I'm at 3%. And it turns out her doctor had mentioned to her or somebody had mentioned to her that she was at stage three. 
and her kidney function and her filtration rate was actually like in the 50s, which is actually very close to normal. Um, and she, you know, it took me a while to calm her down and explain, you know, what exactly was going on with her kidneys um, because somebody just mentioned CKD stage three real quick and she heard 3%. Well, mm-hmm. when you hear stage three, it doesn't sound good. True. So that in and of itself can be scary. Usually, we like to look at the filtration rate. The GFR is mostly, that's where we determine what is the stage of the kidney. Usually, normal people, they have more than a 90% or up GFR. When we see over 90, that's in a good condition. Anything less than a 90, this is a starting the stage one and, and down. We, with protein in the urine, usually we look at the protein. There is a test in the urine we call microalbumin and the ratio. We look in this with the creatinine and the GFR, and we know where is the stage of the patients. So if we have a patient coming for normal blood work, he has the complete blood work numbers, we look at the creatinine, we look at the, and the GFR. And the, from the GFR, we look at the urine test if it shows any protein. If it shows protein right away, and even if the GFR over 90, so it is starting already, the kidney started to lose function. The tissues of the kidney is not viable enough to keep the protein that we need to in the body. So the indication of having a protein in the urine is not a good indication. We don't like to see it most of the time. So the, once we see a protein in the urine, even the GFR around the 90, so that's a stage one. Then after that, from 60 all the way to 89, that's the stage two of the kidney. When the GFR falls into that category with the protein in the urine that lasted more than three months. So we usually, the baseline, we do the protein. We take about three months and we repeat the protein again if it is positive for the first time. And then the second time, if it comes positive, so we know within the three months, so we know that the kidney tissue is not functioning the right way we need. It has started to lose its function since it is losing protein. So we look at the GFR at that stage and we'll see what is the GFR runs around. So if it's close to the 90, so that patient is still on a stage one. If it reaches between 60 to 89, this is the stage two. Once it reaches less than the 60, that's what stage three, what we talked about a few minutes ago. So stage three, when the kidney reaches the GFR less than a 60. Well, is there medication or uh, something you can do to a boost is back up to stage one. A hundred percent. You have to maintain the risk factors. So like I said, the main risk factors, diabetes, hypertension, over-the-counter anti-inflammatory, the smoke, the weight, the exercise. There is a lot of factors, risk factors we can minimize to maintain the kidney in good condition. It doesn't mean it reaches the stage three, it's going to stay, go stage right away to stage four to stage five and then renal failure. We don't go that route quick unless the patient non-compliant with her, with his medical condition or the conditions that he has. So for well, example, if, foods... if it's a diabetic, yeah. Uh, tell me in just a minute, hold that thought. We're going to come right back to you. Uh, we're talking about kidneys, kidney disorders, and way to keep them healthy. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. Dr. Magid Saman with WellMed at Deltona, Florida is with us on our WellMed Radio Hotline. You're listening to WellMed Radio. 
You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. We're so pleased you're with us here on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. Our special guest via the WellMed Radio hotline from Deltona, Florida, is Dr. Magid Saman. He is a family care professional, but before he came to this country in Egypt, he practiced medicine as a urologist, earned his medical degree from Aswit University in Egypt, and is a physician at the WellMed Deltona Clinic in Deltona, Florida. We're talking about kidneys, kidney disorders, kidney disease. And, and Dr. Saman, we were talking about ways in which you can prevent kidney disease by the way you eat, the way you exercise. Uh, what else is it we can do? And what are foods? Let's talk about the no-no list first. Yeah, foods we will, should avoid for a healthy kidney. I will first, I'll give you, I'll give six points. Let's get those six points in mind. So first, maintain a healthy and proper weight. That's number one. We have to maintain our weight to keep the kidney function is good. Number two, exercise regularly. It's very good to maintain our exercise. It mean, it gives us good, nice health and hydrate ourselves. If anybody's smoking, smoking cigarettes, you should stop. Those are the, the factors I'm, I'm going through. Then avoid any ex excess of pain medication. It's a very common practice here. Everybody goes over the counter and buy all these anti-inflammatories, Advil, Aleve, Ibuprofen, Naproxen. All these is very hard and tough on the kidneys. So if we have a kidney disease, we have to make sure we don't take this type of medications. We use mostly Tylenol. Tylenol is safe in kidney disease. It's not like the anti-inflammatory medications I just mentioned. And That's also acetaminophen. Acetaminophen is Tylenol, which is the right. preferred in kidney disease, exactly. And also we have to eat less salt and fat. And the last one I would like to, to add is drink plenty of fluids. So I'll summarize it. Maintain healthy weight, exercise. If you smoke, please quit. Don't take excess of over-the-counter anti-inflammatory. Eat less fat and, and drink plenty of water and get less salt. So those are the main things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are main things it's important for us to monitor when we have, or if the doctor said, oh, you have a chronic kidney disease, stage one, two, three. We, those are, we monitor very close and we adjust the risk factor. Plus all of this, we have to monitor if, if certain patients, if they're diabetic or they have hypertension. Those are the two main category we have to watch very careful. Make sure they do their blood work routinely for A1C for the diabetes. Make sure they check their blood pressure at home and not by just, I feel good, I'm not going to check my blood pressure. No, 
blood pressure, we know if it's high or low by only measuring it. So if we not on the symptom, because we call diabetes and, and hypertension two silent killers. So mm-hmm. we, they don't cause symptoms. Those are silent killers. So if we don't do our hemoglobin A1C, we're not going to know if the diabetes is high or low. If we do our, don't do our finger stick, we're not going to know if the sugar high or low. Because certain times they don't cause symptoms. So we have to make sure we measure the acute check. We have to make sure we check our blood pressure. Those are the two main killers for kidney disease. Yeah. But talk to me a little bit about high blood pressure, hypertension. Uh, every, every few years, the numbers change that are supposedly okay. It used to be when I was a kid, a million years ago, 120 over 80, you were perfect. And then we began to raise that upper number to 130, 140, uh, and you were still okay. Where are we now? The lower is the best. Every time you keep your blood pressure maintained and lower is good. 120 is good. 130 is is still. Anything less than the 139, we don't like anything to go over 140 because this is the high number. So it's we have to look at less than the ideal number less than 80 systolic with the choose the lower number and between 80 to 89 we don't like the bottom number to go over than a 90 the top number we like to have it less than 130 the lower than 130 is the better so always we look like less, less anything less than one than 130s and less than 89 in the bottom so Not the lower every too- time you lower it is much better going to be too low not, uh, I tell my patient most of the time, when you feel dizzy from your blood pressure, I know you're protecting your kidney. <laughs> I like so, so usually when you feel dizzy and your blood pressure is low, I know you're saving your kidney very good, especially oh, well, in diabetic. Cool. Yeah, yeah. We have to make sure you have a very tight control in the blood pressure. It's a main factor. We, if we ignore it, the tissue, the, the tissue of the kidney gets damaged more and we don't feel it. And it mess up the micro vessels that perfuse and, and help the kidney tissue to be vital and safe. So we don't want to mess up the, the blood vessels in the inside of the blood vessels, which is called hardening of the vessels because of diabetes and high blood pressure. Those are the ones that damage the kidney tissues. And then what about uh, kidney stones? That's something they tell me is more painful than childbirth. Kidney stones is it's so causes so much pain. I uh, when I used to be in Egypt, a urologist sitting in the emergency room, I see the patient walking in, and it's exactly the picture: putting his hand in his back, leaning forward, crying from the pain. I know this is a kidney stone. We jump on him because we know that we're going to do a surgery. (laughs) 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 So we take those right away serious when we're sitting in the emergency room. We love once we see the picture when they are walking in. No, we know this you can is, tell. I can tell yeah. this is it. You can see the picture leaning forward, putting his hand in his kidney backward and he's in pain. Doctor, save me. I'm in so much pain. Yes, kidney stones causes severe pain. The same like gallbladder stones. Those are the yeah. two stones that they need morphine right away. In fact, they say uh, uh, kidney stones are so painful. Airplanes have diverted to land to get somebody uh, to the hospital uh, because yes. of the amount of pain they're in. And those kidney stones, we take them serious because when they obstruct, they can damage the kidney tissue. And it depends on how long the obstruction is. So we can have to, they come in a small area in the ureter and they get stuck. Mm. And we have to get them to pass that tiny area in the ureter. 
So if it's a little bit larger than that space that to, to, to pass, then it put pressure on the kidney. The kidney fills with fluids and that damages the kidney tissue and we can mess up the kidney. And then you're going to end by kidney failure. That ureter is a tiny little tube. Yeah. And it depends on the size of the stone that is trying to pass. Right. The ureter has a, a length and it comes in an, a certain area. It's very narrow. So the, the, the stone has to pass that part. So sometimes this is where the stones get stuck and wow. we have to go with the stent and open it up and get it down. So, so we Ooh. release the pressure from the kidney. So what now, is there a way to prevent kidney stones? Someone told me just keep right, drinking that's water. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Keep um, drinking water. You know, I as love far your as smile. The... Is that true? That's correct. Yes. And also too, the, I tell them to drink non-alcohol beer. The beer is really is a big diuretic and tea. Those are the ones diuresis that makes the urine is a lot. Usually it's either a lot of plenty of water or drink non-alcohol beer. So the they non-alcoholic don't get drunk. beer. Non-alcoholic and a beer. Huh. That's really so good. That are, uh... It diureses people really good and quick. But you don't have to tell them to drink alcohol yeah, because the <laughs> beer yeah. makes them diurese more and more quicker. But usually no, we really? say non-alcohol beer. And a beer is really good in kidney stones and diuresis. It makes them pee a lot and pushes that kidney stone quick. And we use Flomax. Yes, we use Flomax mm -hmm. to, to open the ureter a little bit. Yeah. Wow. So for people that are prone to kidney stones, are there certain foods that you tell them to avoid or that they should have more of? There is plenty of food they should avoid. There's a lot of the, the oxalates. It's usually calcium oxalate is the most common stones we see. And we like them to avoid the strawberry, tomato, mangoes, those are the ones high in oxalate. So we like in those to avoid as much as you can because a lot of people, they eat a lot of strawberries, tomatoes, and, and, and mangoes, those type of food. And plus, if you tap and you eat those type, you just be in the moderate portion and plenty of fluid after to flush all the, the, all the, uh, the, the salts and the oxalates. Now, when you look at other issues that can affect the kidney. Uh, there's some in the last couple of moments here uh, that we haven't touched on. Yeah, there is, uh, there is other genetic factors. There is nephrotic syndrome. People lose a lot of protein in the urine that causes renal failure. There is a infection in the kidney tissue. It's called glomelulonephrites, inflammation of the kidney disease, which is also can cause renal failure. The stones we talked about Sometimes if they have any prostate issue, the same thing. The prostate puts pressure on, on the kidney back and it damages the kidney. So there is multiple other more than the just diabetes and hypertension. And plus over-the-counter uh, anti-inflammatories. It's a big risk in our country because it damages that uh, factors like drugs. People taking uh, medication that is toxic in the kidney. I have a lot of patients in my clinic from lithium. They, ha they are on dialysis because of lithium toxicity. So drugs that they take, the doctor has to be aware of, evaluate. We need to know even it's over the counter. My advice, if any time you go to a specialist and give you any medicine, tell your primary care about it. Because we like to know we are more oriented with everything more than just the, the specialist trying to treat one spot than we are know the whole condition of the patient. So if the patient goes anywhere to the specialist, please let us know what medication you take, what did he prescribe, what did he change. If you decided to take over-the-counter medication, even if it's C supplements, let us know what it is, what you take. 
because everything it filters through the kidney and we need to make sure if there is any kidney stage or you are at high risk will tell you yes or no, no, take this one, don't take that. So it's important for us to know everything the patient takes. Are there supplements to avoid? Not specifically. I like some people, they take excess supplements and it's overloading, but sometimes I take some certain calcium, some uh, excess of certain supplements. So if sometimes they take a multiple vitamin and they buy the calcium again and they try to take more higher dose, so we'll, I'll try to adjust. I said, no, don't take this one. Add this one only. Don't take, you have this amount of calcium that you need in that multiple vitamin. You can take this one only once or maybe. Right. So I look at the whole thing. We, we adjust it that way. Yes. So absolutely bring all your bottles of all the supplements that you're taking when you come to see the doctor. Yeah. I think some folks are self-medicating to avoid osteoporosis. So they load up on calcium. They think that'll stop it. You're well, right. I think a lot of people also just get very confident because the medicine is over the counter. They think it's safe. Um, or sometimes they may not realize that certain products that they're using contain um, the same the same supplements or the same medications. So um, we wow. definitely see that sometimes. So, yeah, bring everything. Well, we are uh, we are flat out of time. Uh, Dr. Simon, you're a delight. We uh, certainly Thank are glad you. you're here and we hope to get you back on in the very near future. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you did a fabulous job. Yeah, uh, you, I wish this you. were TV. He has the best smile ever. Oh, Dr. I agree. Simone. I agree. Well thank met you, at Deltona. And uh, we're delighted to have you here. I'm Ron Aaron for Dr. Marisa Charles. Thanks for joining us on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.